Welcome to Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. On today's show, we will have Jeff and Lois Heron in studio with us. They're going to tell us the story of their conversion as a married couple. Uh, Jeff was a Protestant minister for, I believe, 32 years. I did the interview a few weeks ago. So I believe it was 32 years, and they came into the church uh, less than 10 years ago. So uh, it's a really good story. Um, they're... Uh, Ashley Lois writes for us some for the Bishop's Bulletin. So they're just a really great couple. I hope you'll stay tuned for the interview. First, we have Dr. Chris Bergwald here for Biblical Bites with Dr. B. Hey, Renee. Hey, Chris. How's it going? It's going so great. Good. What's today? Thursday. <laughs> Thursday, Thursday as we're recording. Let me think. Okay, wait. This is this weekend. Yes. So 13th Sunday? Third. 14th Sunday. Yeah, it is. It's the okay. 14th Sunday ordinary time. Um, so the first, I, I love the gospel today. I love the gospel today is Matthew 11. Um, and it's about come to be all who are laboring or burdened and oh, yeah. rest. I love that. Read, but I decided I want to focus for the purposes of biblical bites on the first reading, because okay. I suspect that it's probably going to get, it's more likely to get overlooked, oh. you know, in, a, in the context of a homily in particular, you only got so much time. Yes. The gospel is so evocative. Yeah. Um, now watch every priest and deacon <laughs> preaches so, on. I'll, I'll make sure to report back right, to see what right, they do right. at Holy Spirit. <laughs> so the first reading, um, and again, as we've talked over the years, there's always a thematic connection yep. between the first reading, the psalm, and the gospel. Right. So the first reading uh, for this Sunday is from the book of the prophet Zechariah. So I, I'm going to read the reading, talk a little bit about Zechariah uh, and some of the content of this reading. Okay. Thus says the Lord. Rejoice heartily, O daughter Zion. Shout for joy, O daughter Jerusalem. See, your king shall come to you. A just savior is he, meek and riding on an ass, on a colt the foal of an ass. He shall banish the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem. The warrior's bow shall be banished, and he shall proclaim peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. So, Renee, any guesses I know I just read that first time you've, you're hearing it right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've heard it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but any any guesses as to why, uh, as the readings for this Sunday were being sort of compiled, why this reading would have been chosen for to go with the gospel? Well, as you were reading it, I was trying to think that, and I was like, hmm, I, I don't know. <laughs> so this is from later in the reading. He shall banish the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem. The warrior's bow shall be banished, and he shall proclaim peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. So um, he shall banish the chariot from Ephraim, the horse from Jerusalem, the warrior's bow shall be banished. Okay. So the chariot and the horse and the warrior, the warrior's bow is a, like a bow is a, a, a military instrument. Right, right. But the, the, the chariot... Chariots were used, you know, it wasn't just used for, to use to get it was used usually for war, right? For combat. Right. And the horse pulling the chariot. Right. So these are all three instruments of war and battle. And okay. again, the gospel is about come to me, all you who labor and are burned, and I will give you rest. rest. Right. Okay. So here, what Zechariah is proclaiming to the people is that the king shall come. So Zechariah is writing, um, Zechariah is writing about uh, roughly four or five, five centuries before Jesus. So this is not, okay, yeah. So, I, w- I was just thinking, because when you say Zechariah, I'm thinking Elizabeth's 
husband. husband. Right. No, this so, is Old clearly Testament not. prophet. Clearly not. <laughs> uh, for five centuries-ish before Jesus. This is, um, so the the recent the, the history of Israel at the time, a couple cent- a few centuries before this, there had been the split between right. the tribes in the south mm-hmm. uh, and the t- ten tribe two tribes in the south, ten in the north. So the northern kingdom, the southern kingdom, then the northern kingdom was taken in exile, right. and then the southern kingdom was taken in exile. They've returned, and they're slowly rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem. And okay. Zechariah comes along to encourage the people. All right, folks, I know you're getting tired of the work of rebuilding temple. But do this because your king will return to you mm-hmm. and he will establish peace. So so this is the, the couple things that I want to just, we hear these terms all the time. Daughter Zion. What the heck is Zion, Renee? Do you know? Well, there was a Mount Zion, which is where uh, Jerusalem was built over yep. Mount Zion, right? Uh, basically. So Z- or Zion originally was a, the, the, the citadel in the city of Jerusalem right. that David had conquered. So Zion becomes basically synonymous. Right. Why daughter Zion? Why daughter Jerusalem? Ooh, I don't know. Uh, when you think about a little girl, um, th- this is an evocative image where, where your king is going to come to you. Daughter Zion, daughter Jerusalem, you who are defenseless. Oh. Your king will come to protect you and to establish peace. Sure. So this reading about five centuries before Jesus, and of course, Matthew will pick up on it um, on Palm Sunday when Jesus rides into sure. Jerusalem yep. on, uh, again, to use Zechariah, um, on an ass, I call it the foal of an ass mm-hmm. as a way to show that with Jesus is the king is coming. He who is the prince of peace, he will give peace to his people. Uh, that's some good connections. Thanks a lot. Dr. You bet. On today's show, we have a lovely couple, Jeff and Lois Heron, here. Welcome, Jeff and Lois. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, we are. We brought uh, Jeff and Lois in. They are parishioners at the Cathedral of St. Joseph here in Sioux Falls. And I know Lois, of course, because she's one of our freelance writers for the Bishop's Bulletin. She does a lovely, lovely job every time we ask her to do some writing for us. Um, and I've heard about Jeff and, and uh, here and there from different people. So, and of course, know you from your wife. Um, but you both are converts to Catholicism Correct. and s- at least adult converts, not, not younger. And how many years has it been? Uh, 15 was when we came into the church, okay. Easter Vigil of 2015. Okay. So, okay, so it hasn't really been that long. No. Like eight years. Right. So I love this because it's it's really interesting to me always to see what has brought you to the church, what that path was, and how it's going. Because <clears throat> as you never, I mean, it is a, it's not always a smooth road uh, getting here and even after. So it's, mm-hmm. it's good to hear people's stories. And I think everybody likes to hear a good conversion story. So, and I hear you guys have one. Well, we, <laughs> we like our story, out. but it's ours. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, whichever one of you wants to start first, uh, I want to know just a little bit about the two of you, especially where you grew up, um, what you do for work, that kind of stuff. Just some, some basic stuff, if you wouldn't mind. Okay. Lois. Um, well, I grew up in South Africa and Indiana, and that's another story oh, for another oh time. My. <laughs> but my my parents were missionaries in the okay. Wesleyan denomination. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a very faithful home. Mm-hmm. We loved the scripture, and we prayed. Mm-hmm. And 
that was my foundation. And I, yeah. that, w- that was good enough. That yep. stood instead for a long, long time. Yep. Until I started asking deeper questions. Sure. sure. And um, that led me on the journey that I can pick yeah. up later or I can. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, let's pick it up later. What do you, um, did you go to school here? Now, you said you grew up in Yeah, Indiana we met then. at our uni- denominational university, okay. one of okay. them, and started in ministry. Jeff was called to ministry, and mm-hmm. I felt called to. It, was, it mm-hmm. definitely is a team job. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, and we proceeded from there. He did his graduate work in counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, he wanted to be a pastor who counsels, mm-hmm. and he's very good at it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I chose to stay home. We chose for me to stay oh, home. Nice. My background is education. I have my okay. degree, but we stayed with, I stayed with the kids and then did teaching after they were older. Um, How many kids? Three kids. Okay. okay. 40, I shouldn't have oh, even goodness. gone there. 40, <laughs> They're all 43 grown. and down to 30. Okay. Eight. Something like that. Sure. Sure. So all and grown. then we have lots of grandkids. Oh, That's nice. Our, two nice. of our kids converted to Catholicism. Sure. Nice. So those two families are abundant with mm-hmm. children. <laughs> so uh, that's another story. But Are they here uh, nearby? We have a son that lives in Yankton. He's a professor okay. at Mount Marty okay. in the Catholic studies. Oh, sure. Yeah. And yeah. then a daughter in Indiana. And her and her husband are there. Um, their kids, and then a daughter in Wyoming, and oh, her and okay. her husband are there raising great kids. They're all perfect grandchildren. <laughs> out, in the, out in the empty state of Wyoming. Yes. Huh? Right. So we're scattered. Yeah, yeah. Jeff, what's your background? I'm a product of Michigan. Okay. Uh, I grew up in sort of a nominal Christian home in the okay. same denomination. Okay. Uh, the denomination called the Wesleyan Church. Right. I pastored for 34 years. Wow. Um. Like Lois, uh, I learned to love the scriptures. Mm-hmm. I didn't grow up with that uh, being a part of my family background, but mm-hmm. took that up as a result of being a Sunday school kid and sure. going to youth activities and that sort of thing. Uh, since the definitive call into the pastoral ministry and pastored for 34 years mm-hmm. in the same denomination, the Wesleyan Church. Was that here in Sioux Falls or where was um, that? We pastored in Indiana, Michigan, oh. Arizona. And then the last 18 years, we're here in okay. Sioux Falls. Okay. And we always say that we're confident that God brought us to Sioux Falls so that we could be introduced to Catholicism. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I, I know uh, one in particular uh, Wesleyan woman who's a very close family friend to my husband's side of the family. Um, and I can completely relate to what you say about love of scripture mm-hmm. and of prayer because she is very much exactly the same way. Right. Um, beautiful heart, beautiful soul on that woman. And, um, I mean, there's, there's some beautiful, beautiful things that happen in other faith. Uh, yeah. So, um, I've had good experiences with with the people I've known from there, which Wesleyan church was it the one Uh, in 57th? Yeah. 57th, almost a cliff. Yeah. That's probably the one that she went there when she she lived here. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I may know her. We'll have to talk. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay, good. So, um, so you were obviously, you're, you're a pastor, right? And you were married and both in the Wesleyan church. So what, I, I was going to ask you what your faith was like before Catholicism, but you've kind of already described that as very, very strong, obviously. Very vibrant, very active. Yeah. 
Was there something that happened that made you start to look at the Catholic Church, or was it really a gradual process? Well, Lois was the first one who started down that pathway. Okay. So since she was first, I'll okay. let her okay. tell her, her story. <laughs> and I'm condensing and then... it to a very okay. little bite. Okay. Um, <laughs> as I said, I love scripture. I've always been a prayer person at prayer. And then our, our son and our daughters were close behind. They got into the teen years. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, well, St. Peter, he says uh, to, in his epistle, sanctify your heart and know the reason for your faith right right well that was the turning point for me because okay. our son was exploring other avenues mm, sure i does, knew does yes <laughs> i knew my son i knew our son i knew our daughters and i thought we're the ones to help them determine what they believe why they believe it and mm-hmm. why they stick to what they're doing mm-hmm and so that started a long stage of prayer and fasting. And here's the thing. My denomination went back to the 60s. Right. Okay? So my answers to what I believed only went back to the Reformation. But those answers had changed so, oh, so, so, okay. so, so, so many times. Mm-hmm. And that is the case of division and denominationalism. Right. And I was frustrated. So it was a journey for me as well as a journey to get my kids. Um, can, I, can I ask, was that the first time you had felt that frustration was when you started that journey and started looking into that? Or was it kind of always in it the back of It was always in the back of my head, not knowing okay. Catholicism was my destination. Sure, sure. Um, There's a lot of history that I'm just not sharing. Sure. sure. <laughs> um, so I set out to learn, and you can't learn the faith what what the history of the church is without going to the Catholic church. So it was like mm-hmm. crumbs right? and prayer and fasting that we had the saints. We didn't have saints. Right. And so just little by little, my journey started there because of my children sure. and for my husband who we were entering into what we now look back as the beginning of the end of our, our, settling for the answers that right. we had accepted and lived with for a long time. Right. So did you tell Jeff right away when you were starting to, to to look into this, or is this something that was later that Jeff kind of came I, in? I was aware of I, it. And it wasn't okay. that um, I was looking into the Catholic Church. I kept quoting saints to him that I was reading. Right. I was like, <laughs> He's like, what have you ever heard of these guys? <laughs> right. One of the things was that was very... Um, obvious and very upfront with Lois, she was personal friends with uh, Sister Margretta Doyle, okay. the late, the late yeah. sister. Um, Lois served as a lifeguard, and where she was serving as a lifeguard, Sister Margretta uh, swam laps. Okay. And so they had wonderful theological discussions at the edge of the pool or while they were swimming or whatever. Uh, sister Margretta said she was the turtle, and Lois was the rabbit when they were swimming. <laughs> um so she invited her to become a part of her Benedictine Oblates group. Oh, sure. Yeah. And so Lois was the token Protestant in the group, and <laughs> she was a pastor's wife to boot. She attended that, I think, for two years. Yeah, the and process. became an Oblate. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then toward the end of our time of ministry, she would often go to Mass uh, on early 
Sunday morning mm-hmm. and then come and serve beside me in ministry right. uh, at the church where we served. So I was very aware of what was going on. Uh, and in the 34 years that I was in the denomination that I was in, there were so many things that had changed and the pastoral ministry had changed so much. And the position that I was in, it was becoming more and more toxic for me personally. Oh, wow. And I didn't realize how much it had become toxic until we got to a kind of a, a crisis point in our own um, ministerial position. Um, went to a retreat, and at that retreat really discerned that it was time for us to step away. Wow. And so I thought I was going to be stepping away for maybe a season of three to six months, something right, like right. that. You're like, hey, I need a break. <laughs> yeah, we started church shopping. Lois would go to Mass early in the morning. And if it was a weekend that I didn't have to work, um, she would come home from Mass, and then we would go visit some evangelical church. Okay, sure. And then it was basically the same song, different verse. And one day I just said to her on the way home, next week I'm going to Mass with you at the cathedral. And I want you and, to know that it was not coercion on my part. Oh, oh no, no, I believe you, because I know you enough, Lois, <laughs> to know that you would actually never, you would not no. do that. Oh, no, and she never asked me to go, and I, right. I'm the one that said, I'm, I'm just, yeah. I'm tired of this, and yeah, and I'm going <laughs> to... I want to go to Mass with you. Yeah. And so we've been attending the cathedral ever since. Yeah. That took great patience on your part, Lois, just because you know you can't you can't push your spouse no. into something that they aren't ready for or, or may never do. But that had to be a little hard for you, too. And my consistent prayer was, Lord, Holy Spirit, reveal to Jeff what he needs to see during this time of searching. Yeah. And I didn't know how to pray past that because right. I didn't know. I wasn't certain that he was going to want to consider the Catholic Church. But the Holy Spirit was doing wonderful things in his life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Our exterior world was shrinking, but our interior world was expanding. Yeah. And I was doing a lot of reading. Um, I was meeting with Joe Rutten one or mm-hmm. two times a month. Mm-hmm. Um, I know him through his wife. I used to be his wife's pastor oh, sure. before her conversion. Okay. <laughs> and so... There's a, there's we, a big old... Well, there's a yes. future Catholics there's going on here. Yep, yep. <laughs> and so one day seated across, uh, at the time he was on staff at the cathedral, and I was in his office, and he said, in the Catholic Church we have what we refer to as the three-legged stool. Mm-hmm. And he said, of course those three legs, and he said they're sacred scripture, sacred tradition, and sacred authority. Mm-hmm. But he said, in the Protestant tradition, you believe in sola scriptura, but he said, you can't have a stool that will stand on one leg. One leg right. So where do the other two legs come from? Right. I said, Joe, I don't know. <laughs> and he said, well, those come from the local church pastor. Right. And it was as though he had taken a hot ice pick and just skewered my heart oh, gosh. because I realized the truth of the statement that he just made mm-hmm. and how many times I had remembered feeling like as a pastor, I had had my two legs cut out from underneath of me oh, Wow! and just realized that stool fell over. Mm-hmm. And uh, so really for me, it was uh, the magisterium or sacred authority, which was most winsome and attractive mm-hmm. and helpful mm-hmm. to me and mm-hmm. my conversion. Yeah. So can the two of you tell me, um, if you just join us, we're talking to Jeff and Lois Heron about their conversion story into the Catholic Church. Can you tell me what was it like for the two of you kind of when you're first starting to go to Mass? Because, of course, you're not Catholic mm. yet. Right. Um, so this is all new to you. Um, what was that like? Well, I like to say that when I would come, I felt like I was a spy. 
And I, I was, first of all, I was impressed when I would pull the big, huge wooden door of the cathedral mm -hmm. and step into that sacred space. Yeah. It was just overwhelmingly powerful. Mm -hmm. But when we started attending, it was during the era when uh, Father Tom Fitzpatrick and okay. Father Andy Young were mm -hmm. the two priests at the time. Um, and at that particular time, there was a missile cheat sheet. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. that's what I call it. A little laminated <laughs> card and a good portion of the missile or yep. the, that portion of the liturgy you could follow along. That was probably during the time of the new yes, translation. We now yes. know. Yes. We all had to yeah. use that. Right. <laughs> and that's what we learned. So we don't have yep. to keep looking yep. at it. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So I would follow along as much as I could until I learned how to use a missile. We come from a non-liturgical background. Sure. So the liturgy was brand spanking new to us. Mm -hmm. And of course, we were always told that the Catholics don't use scripture. They don't read scripture. They don't preach from scripture. That, you know, non-scripture. Oh, of course, the whole liturgy is just chock full yes. of scripture. Yes. It, it is scripture. Every bit. <laughs> Every bit of it. And so... As I would follow along with the prayers that were being prayed and things that were being said and read and done, I mean, it was, it was impressive and it was powerful. Yeah. And it was laden with scripture. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't find anything theologically that yeah. I felt was untoward. Right, right. How about you, Lois? It, well, the beauty of the tradition, the, the mm -hmm. goodness, the truth, all drew me, but it was the beauty. I'm an artist by nature. That's right. Mm -hmm. And so the sacred beauty we needed to be at the cathedral or uh, mm -hmm. we just did it's the place the for holy you. spirit yep. knew that mm -hmm. he needed to feel the magnificence and the stability mm -hmm. and i needed the beauty and the history mm -hmm. so I'm, a, I'm a biblical history major when i was in college along with my education so it's like we were all of the sudden finding all the pieces were coming together <laughs> right. of questions we'd had and never, we couldn't go any further than what we had been taught until we right. started searching. Right. And I think if anything, those that have Protestant friends and relatives, first thing we need to pray for is that the Holy Spirit will them restless. Because in doubt and restlessness, mm -hmm. we look and we seek. Yeah. And God will help us find. He'll, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a that's a great way to say that, yeah. Lois. I love that. Yeah. And what was so helpful for me when I first started attending the cathedral, uh, it was the theological integrity of the homilies of Father Tom and mm -hmm. the pastoral zeal of Father Andy. Yes. That um, were just a hook. Yeah. And the Sunday that they announced that the bishop was moving them. They were going on to different positions. We sat in the pew and cried oh, and just I thought so. our world had come to an end. This was a whole new world for us. People yeah. had moved off. Right. And right. they were the first Catholic priests that we ever mm -hmm. had met and known personally. Mm -hmm. But then, and, yeah. uh, Father then, Morgan. then Father Morgan came. Father Morgan came. He's my favorite priest. I don't know if you guys well, know that. Because yeah. he came from my parish, too. We needed him. Yeah. 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 We needed yeah. him. He's fantastic. He is. Yeah. And we love but him. any yeah. priest we love our whole staff. We know we need him. Because yes. it's not about the priest. It's about the worship of the Mass. Thank you. The Thank sacrifice you. <laughs> of the Mass. Yes. Because if that's not there, can the Holy Spirit really work freely if that's right. not no. intact? Yeah. And that's what yeah. we were exactly. seeing. That's a, that's a great time to remind people of that, Lois, as we're go about to move priests around again. Right. right. That, that this is about it's the right. Mass. It's about mm -hmm. Jesus. It's not about the priest. We love our yes. priests, but... There are many good priests. There are. We're Christocentric, not priest-centric. That's right. 
that's that right. was the difference between denominationalism and yeah, yeah. So we only have about two or three minutes left. I know that was fast, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but what I want to know for you guys is, how's it going? How, I mean, really, terrific. Like, well, what, yeah. How are you feeling most as Catholics? proud about my husband's opportunity? It just so fits him, and it's just like oh. God's gift to him for thirty-four years of not feeling like he was his giftedness was right. being able because it's not wasted, right? You are you right. are teaching RCIA. Yeah, I have the OCIA. pleasure and privilege and honor of leading RCIA mm-hmm. at the cathedral. Um, I think it was a year after Father Morgan came, uh, the lady who led us through our CIA relocated to Arizona. Mm-hmm. And so Father Morgan asked if I would be interested in becoming the new leader for our CIA at the mm-hmm. cathedral. And uh, so it didn't take me long to discern that that was where God was calling me yep. and that would be a good fit. And I've been doing it since then. So I, th- I think I've been doing it for seven or eight years, something like that. They're and about the joy love and love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thoroughly I bet you're enjoy great it. at it. Well, I don't know if I'm great at it, but <laughs> he has a heart. we have a wonderful <laughs> time and I have a heart for it. And um, the people that have come through have benefited and enjoyed it. It kind of gives you that way to be that pastor like right. position in a way. In his yeah. own yes. giftedness. Yes, yes. yes exactly. Yeah. It gets it's, and take what you could do before and mm-hmm. and bring it to the other church. than mass, it's the highlight right. of my week. Yeah. Right. Lois, it's going good for you, I see. Yes, my, my uh, abilities are limited physically. Um, so I continue to write, as I always yep. have, mm-hmm. and I find great fulfillment in that. And I, yep. prayer. I'm, <laughs> She's a prayer warrior. I, she is. Yes. I am just so grateful for my disability because I can't work. But what it, the yeah. Holy Spirit's given in exchange yeah. is all the time I can spend interceding for my loved ones those grand those kids mm-hmm. turned into parents and now i've got lots of grandkids yeah. yep. and then people around us um i'm just so so great so great you're 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 the way you approach life and um accept what god is giving you is really beautiful thank almost. you S- uh, one <laughs> saying um that i came across some a sister said it in a radio interview random this is before mm-hmm. I was Protestant, but it, but it caught my attention. We as Catholics believe that all of life is sacramental. Mm-hmm. That it talks about piercing his heart. That pierced mm-hmm. my heart because I longed for that, but didn't have expression, didn't have yeah. outlet for that. But that's how I, I believe I lived. And now you enter the Catholic Church and you have all these things to yeah. help you live the sacramental <laughs> life. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. such an honor. Privilege. It is. Joy. I'm really glad I had you guys come in because it's such us. a joyful story. And I mean, you use that word right there yes. and it really is. And, and I'm really glad you guys are oh, here. Oh, thank, thank you, Renee. Renee. We appreciate yeah. what you do. We yeah. tune in. Yeah. I'm glad. Oh, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> We've learned a lot. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry our time is up, but um, if we can think of it, uh, I don't know if we'll do it, so don't hold me to this, but if there's a little something extra these two want to stay and record about their story, because I know it got very truncated, but uh, then just stay tuned in case there's a little overtime. So um, thank you guys for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Renee. You bet. If you haven't found us on social media yet, you can find us at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube anytime at SF Diocese. That's it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views.